The audacity of the devil isn't that he seduced a third from heaven. The audacity of the devil is that he chose to tempt one of the Trinity. Temptation doesn't just happen to the non-believer. It is stronger for the believer. Oftentimes, it is wrapped in religion. Too much of believing without knowing what you believe can lead you off the cliff and try to prove that God will save you. God does save. God does love. God protects those who choose to learn more about him and choose to not be seduced. Offering information for your mind. Enabling transformation for your heart. A weekly dialogue exploring God's word and its application for today's world. Sabbath School U. Welcome, guys, to the show. I know you guys have been here before, and it's Nisi's first time. Hello. Hi. I want you guys to start off by um, introducing yourselves. And the question that I want you guys to answer is, if you had a canoe and you could choose to start at point A and you had all the time in the world and finish at point B, what would those two points be if you were on a canoe? You can start. <laughs> Hi everyone, my name is Elroy, and uh, if I had to choose between point A and point B to uh, take a canoe, it would be from Silver Beach uh, in Michigan all the way over to maybe Lakeshore Drive in Chicago. So I'm very, I was very curious to see what happens in the middle in Lake in, Michigan. In the, wow, that's, yeah. that's a long journey. Yeah. yeah. Nice. <laughs> uh, we'll see. <laughs> My name is Anissa Perez, and if I could take a trip, it would be where the Amazon River origi originates down to Brazil. I'd like to see all the creatures and meet all the people who live by the water. So I think that'd be fun. That's awesome. Nice. I'm Tanya. Hey, Tanya. And I would take a, uh, a canoe from the Niagara Falls to Victoria <laughs> Falls in Zimbabwe, Africa. I think it would be a that? fun adventure. <laughs> a trip. Oh, <laughs> yeah. And I thought it would be different. So, yeah. Have you been to Victoria Falls? <laughs> yes, it's beautiful. beautiful. Yes. Yeah. So, I would definitely try something wow, extreme. <laughs> wow. Take me with you. Yes. <laughs> I, I'm Kathy. And I would. Probably just get in a puddle and get right out because I don't like being in canoes. Okay. <laughs> um, Elroy, do you mind uh, reading the scripture for today and praying for us? Sure, I got you. Thank you. Uh, today's text is taken from Luke 3:22, and it says, "The Holy Spirit descended in bodily form like a dove upon him, and a voice came from heaven which said, 'You are my beloved Son; in you I am well pleased.'" Father God, Lord, as we explore uh, the themes of uh, baptism and temptation, God, we ask for your Holy Spirit to descend on us, Lord, like a dove and fill us with uh, words and wisdom that we can um, have a healthy conversation about what it truly means to follow you. This is our prayer in your name. Amen. 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 So today's lesson or this week's lesson is um, baptism and temptations. So we're going to start talking about um, about baptisms and uh, we're gonna go straight into the first question and it says if you have experienced the rite of baptism what did it mean to you personally well I can start um, okay. so I was baptized when I was about eight years old nine years old and I know that seems young to many um, but I feel like in probably in the Latino culture maybe around here I don't know if it is in the United States but people usually get baptized when they're a little bit younger and I still remember how excited I was. Um, I actually got baptized with my childhood best friend. Hi, Verna. 
<laughs> and um, <laughs> she, um, you know, it was just like, it was something just very fresh and very new. And I just knew that I was giving my life to Christ you know, in front mm -hmm. of people that I loved and people I worshiped with. So it was very exciting. Uh, I know for me, I got baptized when I was 12, and you know that feeling you get when you shower and, you know, you soap, water, you know, and everything like that, and yeah, right when you step out of the shower, shower. <laughs> <laughs> and right when you step out of the shower, you get that fresh feeling. Well, that's how I felt when I got baptized, you know, I was 12 years old, and I just felt clean, like someone just pressed the reset button on my life, on my mistakes, and I just had a fresh start. That's so awesome. that was an amazing experience for me. Mm -hmm. I was baptized when I was 13, and my dad was the one who baptized me, so that was mm. really special. It meant a lot more. And I felt like uh, my relationship with God was renewed, so it felt like, okay, I can start over and really draw closer to Him and just do the best I can to be a better person. So. Mm. Yeah. Uh, I remember when I was, I was 12, I, either 12 or 13, so I was, um, I was old enough to know what was going on, and I remember the one thing that I remember that's like most clear in my head is how many tears were spread in that church. And I don't even know why, maybe like the song was emotional or just the fact that my uncle was the one that, but I remember so many people crying, and I do remember like getting out of the water and just being like, okay, I can do this, like, mm -hmm. you know, I can battle life. But we look at baptism, and even though we get that fresh start, like we're coming out of the shower, that doesn't that doesn't mean that the trials and tribulations stop. Mm -hmm. Am I right? Mm -hmm. no. Do we feel like sometimes maybe it's when they begin? Mm. Yeah, sometimes, sorry. No, oh. go ahead. Sometimes I feel like it got worse, like more temptations. I feel like the devil's like, okay, so you want to be committed to God? Okay, I'm going to throw some things at you. Mm -hmm. So I, for me personally, I yeah. felt like there were some moments in my life I feel like the temptations are pretty powerful or the uh, circumstances or t tough times that, you know, I've been through. Yeah, I agree with what Tanya was saying. I think uh, sometimes the, the devil's upset in the moment where you're, you know, being baptized and cleansed, but then he also looks at that as an opportunity to say, oh, so you think you're clean now? Uh. So you think you're perfect, uh. you know? And I mean, and that's the same thing he did to Jesus. I mean, right after he was baptized, if I'm not mistaken, the Holy Spirit led him into the wilderness. And, you know, and I think we're, we're gonna be talking about that a little later on in the study, but you know, we have to be very much aware and even that much more on guard, you know, I think after a baptism. Absolutely. Um, when I remember talking to a friend and we were talking about baptism and he had just started taking uh, Bible lessons and, you know, just getting to know a little bit more about the Bible. And he was saying that he was like, I don't see a need to get baptized. Um, he, you know, he didn't understand the concept of it. And he had gotten baptized as a child before he could even like walk or talk and, um, and he was saying, I, what's the point of getting baptized? And we actually sat down with a group of friends and had this discussion and talked about baptism just being straight up declaring in front of other people, you know, this is what I choose to do. Um, do you guys agree with that, that it's more of a public thing than an inner thing? I, I would say so because, um, you know, like if you're in a relationship with someone and you love that person, significant other, um, and you want to take that step, you know, you know, there are people that elope and, you know, they go away or they just with their families. But there's other people who want to make that declaration in front of their loved ones, their families and their friends. So, yeah, I mean, I, I think so, that it, it has some part of like public declaration, like I'm doing this, you know, please pray for us, please pray for me, mm. you know, type of thing. Here's kind of a tricky question. Do you think that if you have a relationship with God and you love him and 
you go to church and you do your part, but you don't want to get baptized, do you think that that's going to prohibit me from entering the kingdom of heaven? I know that question is like, whoa, God, dang. <laughs> but <laughs> honestly, what do you think? It's a tricky... Um, I know it is. I'll see if anyone but else has uh, <laughs> something to say to that. I don't know. It's, I mean, uh, I think there's a difference when you know mm-hmm. what you have to do and not knowing. There, there'll probably be people, I mean, maybe in heaven that, you know, perhaps they didn't know that they had to, you know, be baptized in order to enter the kingdom. You know, but I think it's another thing if you do know and, you, you know, you see what the scripture says, but yet you don't want to do it. I think that adds another layer of... Okay, so it's a matter of knowing, like if you have studied and you have a relationship with God and you've Mm -hmm. seen what, you know, the Bible says you will want to do it. Is that kind of what I'm understanding? It's like the next step? No. It's. I mean, it's funny that Anissa says that. I think you, one, you have to be hit with the truth in order for you to actually act on that. Mm -hmm. And so I think about a marriage, you know, um, I love my wife, right? But if I... If I told everyone that I was going to um, to marry her but never did, you know, how, like, how does that fare? Mm-hmm. You know, like, how, what am I telling to her, her family, her friends that I wanted to act on something mm. but never really acted on it, you know? And so I feel that way about baptism. It is a public declaration of a private transformation, mm. you know? So that's yeah. where the, the two kind of correlate. I'm tweeting that later. Yeah. <laughs> Tweet that. I'm tweeting that. Um, the next question asks... Jesus was perfect, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. Then if he was perfect, why did he choose to get baptized? Was it to show an example for the rest of humanity? Or, I don't know, I'm just thinking. That was his way of showing, you know, Could Christians, be. this is what you do to declare your love for me or, you know, public uh, I agree, I agree with you. Um, I've seen this, uh, I guess, this quote online or just this diagram, and it shows, like, two types of leaders. There's, like, a boss that says, go, and then the leader says, let's go. So I feel like Mm. God, you know, Jesus is, you know, he wanted to lead by example, and he didn't Mm. want to say, you have to do this. But he he said, let me show you, this is what we have to do in order to do, to enter the kingdom. Interesting. Mm -hmm. I mean... I agree. I, I don't. He obviously did not have a need to cleanse himself of sin and start over again. But he did so so that we we knew how how it was to be done. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, is there anything about baptism that you guys have a question of that we should discuss? If not, we're going straight into temptation because this is where I'm excited about. <laughs> you excited about temptation? Yeah. <laughs> no, no, no. That's not what I meant. What? Uh. what I meant was I'm excited to talk about it, uh. not excited to be tempted. Right. I just want to say that I, oh, okay. it would have been amazing to be, you know, to witness that baptism. I, I don't know yeah. if you've ever felt mm. emotional and, like, one of your loved ones has you know, given their life to Christ. Can Absolutely. you imagine seeing Jesus going down oh, in the water and seeing right. the dove? Just, uh, that must have been... Mm. An amazing moment. So. I can imagine how John the Baptist mm. must oh, have he, felt. Right. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. this is this is the dude. Like <laughs> right. that yeah. is awesome. Very humbling, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, so have you guys seen those cookies that are right here on the table? Yes. Mm-hmm. They look very good. Do they? Very tempting. Okay, yes. do they look tempting? <laughs> yes. I've seen you guys been eyeing them. <laughs> yeah. So we're gonna talk about temptation. Mm-hmm. 
we are told that temptation itself is not a sin. Mm-hmm. How do we understand the difference between sin and temptation? Um, I think temptation is, it's when a sensory experience allows um, an opportunity to sin to enter the mind. So anything through like sight, smell, through touch, through, um, through tasting, through, through, through sniffing, you know, it's a sensory experience. And so when that encourages you to do something outside of the will or the law of God, then that is temptation. The sin is when, you, um, when your mind tells your motor functions to continue that process. Hmm. And so you dive deeper into that sensory experience. And so that's the sin. Okay, let's break that down. <laughs> okay. <I'm, laughs> no, I mean, I, I agree, but let's break it down because those are a lot of words. Mm-hmm. Um, we have cookies right here. And this obviously doesn't apply to all sins. But we have cookies right here with which Elroy, I've seen you eye. You know? Well, I, I saw you. You well, were like, man, macadamia. I, see I was you. asking if they were macadamia. I see, they are. They are. Um, by you seeing these cookies, are you falling into. I'm not. Let's say there were a sin. I don't think cookies are a sin. But like, if you. By you looking at them and wanting them. Would you be falling into sin? No. Could you be tempted to do good? Or does that make sense? Is my question. I don't know. Oh, could like, it go the other way? Hmm. Right, because I yeah. was just thinking, yeah. like, can we be tempted? If there's a different difference between temptation and sin, can you be tempted to do good? I don't or, know. Is you, there such a thing? Usually or, they go hand yeah. in hand, you know, you like, know? if you're temptation tempted. Temptation and sin? Yeah, yeah, usually you feel like you're so, about to do something wrong, you know, when right, you get tempted. So, so I never feel like, man, I've been tempted to go feed the homeless, you know. <laughs> I'm just tempted to do that. I don't know. So, yeah. I, was just... um, I remember recently hearing an example of, I'm, I'm just saying a random example, but <laughs> of some a smoker who was trying to quit smoking. And so they're smoking, not smoking anymore, and they get into an environment where other people are smoking. Mm-hmm. The difference would be, of temptation and sin, would be if they're sitting there just inhaling the secondhand smoke, mm-hmm. would that be falling into sin there? Or, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Temptation would be like, oh, ooh, I should, I, I'm, like, not falling into sin is, like, staying around in temptation and then leaving, like, I don't know. I think, <laughs> Let's try to pin this down, because I'm I saying a bunch of things I still in the temptation phase, though. I mean, you know, yeah, sorry to use all the random words earlier, but... No, 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 it's fine. Yeah, it's the same thing if you draw it back to the cookie. If I'm, if I'm looking at the cookies and I know eating cookies causes, causes me to yell at a very loud volume, and I know <laughs> that, you know, and I'm here looking at the cookie, and I'm like, oh, man, but it looks so good. You know, that's the sensory experience. But now if I'm just like, oh, you know, maybe just a little nibble, that's not going to hurt. And just that little nibble causes me to yell, you know, like really loud. Then I've sinned in, in a sense, you know. So if you're just saying, oh, that cookie, that cookie looks good. You're that's it. It's yeah, not you're I don't, not. I don't. Not. Well, me, to me personally, I don't see that as a sin. That's just me being tempted to follow through with actions that are going to lead me to, mm. you know, to things I shouldn't them. be doing. Mm. So temptation. It's OK to be tempted. <sighs> I'm. <sighs> I don't know in those words. Yeah. Maybe not all the time. But I I guess, you know, reading over this lesson, I felt like, yeah, there is a difference between being tempted and actually sinning, you know, and and going further with that thought. Mm -hmm. Like, if I I can't have those cookies because I'm diabetic, just for example, Mm -hmm. and I'm just looking and I just want it, you know, but then I ask God, oh, God, you know, that looks good, it smells good, 
and but I know that I can't handle it. My body can't handle that, you know. So I pray, you know, and I don't think that's a sin, you know. But if I do just be, you know, gluttonous and just eat all the cookies and then my sugar goes high and I go to a, into a shock and I end up in the hospital, I feel like... Whoa. Mm. <laughs> this is a really bad case. <laughs> but, but, yeah, so I think there is a difference between... So it's okay to be tempted, but when you act on it, then I guess mm -hmm. that's when... That's what I think. I disagree. I don't think it's. I don't think it's okay to be tempted. I think we'll fall I into mean, temptation. Not okay, but no. I mean, yeah. Because guess, if you think about okay. the Lord's prayer, we ask Him and lead us not into temptation. Right, right. So there's okay, an, okay. There's an okay. expectation for us to fall into temptation, right, but we right, ask right. God to, to draw us away from it. But being, but is being tempted the act of act, the act of sin? No, no. I don't. Okay, think so, then why is it bad to be tempted? It, it, it has bad connotations because usually what follows is if you follow through the temptation is usually a, a, a But a if I follow result. through. If you follow through. Oh, then it becomes I'm not saying the Lord's Prayer is wrong, no. but I'm saying like, I, I guess it's just clarifying what temptation and sin mean. Because I, I feel like sin is, you know, the acting of temptation because... Let's say I, I am addicted to stealing and I'm at a store and I'm trying not to steal anymore and I see something and I'm like, oh, I really want to take that home with me. Right there, that's, I'm being tempted right mm. there. But me walking out that door and not taking that with me is not acting on my temptation. Mm. So did I commit a sin by being tempted by that? We're human. I, I think it's a sin if you're actively leading yourself into temptation. But I think there's a difference, you know, mm. there's, there's a times that we actively lead ourselves, you know, places where we shouldn't go, people we shouldn't be speaking to. But then there's other times that, you know, just the enemy comes and whispers something in our, mm -hmm. in our ear and it's like, I'm at home cooking, you know? Mm -hmm. You know, so I, I think there's a difference between that too. Okay, so not putting ourselves in situations where we could act on that temptation. Right? Mm -hmm. Is that kind of? Mm -hmm. Okay. I'm going to go to the next question. Um, in Satan's ten temptation of Christ, he said, If you are the Son of God, command this stone to be bread, to become bread. Um, that's in Luke 4 3. Mm -hmm. And it says, How does this account reflect what Satan attempted to do in heaven? Uh, I th Satan was constantly trying to undermine the plan of God. I mean, constantly. He was taking this idea of of us having free will and acting out of love rather than position. But I think Satan always wants to, to use position to say, um, oh yeah, you don't, you, don't, you don't need to act out of love. You can act because you're of this status. You know, he did it with Adam and Eve. And so he always takes words and twists them. Um, can, we, can we check out a verse really quick? Oh yeah, possible? absolutely, yeah. Okay, so if you go to Luke 3, mm -hmm. verse 8. Sorry, if you go to Luke chapter 3, verse 8. Uh, let's see, it says... Therefore, bear fruits worthy of repentance and do not begin to say to yourselves, we have Abraham as our father. For I say to you that God is able to raise up children to Abraham from these stones. So this was John, you know, um, John the Baptist talking, you know, to those who are who are coming. A little mini sermon. But so I noticed the word stones here, you know, that God, first of all, God is able to raise up children of Abraham out of stones. And so notice that um, Satan comes and he tries to ask Jesus to command the stones to become bread. So in a sense, I'm sure Satan was listening in to some of John's sermons oh, yeah, like, Ooh. so John said God is able, mm. so to turn stones into something else. And so he tried to use that same terminology and flip it, you know, for his own gain. So. 
Absolutely. Um, so in heaven, what happened in heaven? Let's recap that real quick. There was discourse. Mm -hmm. Okay, there was discourse. <laughs> yeah. And envy and... And in the same way, it, when he was tempting Jesus, when Satan was tempting Jesus, you know, he tried to, I don't know if you, lure, is that lure. how you say it, lure? Mm -hmm. Lure him into, you know, like you said, getting that stone and turning it into bread because he had the power to do it. Mm -hmm. um, I heard an argument once about this um, particular subject because they talked about Jesus being 100% human but 100% divine. Mm. So um, using that as like, oh, but, you know, Jesus had an advantage because he was 100% divine. But in that moment, do you think that that's what, it's not an on and off switch, obviously, but what do you think, how do you think Jesus felt in that moment when he was tempted? Do you, well. In this moment? Yeah, in this moment when, you know, Satan was talking to him and said, you know, you are really, really hungry, mm -hmm. you know? You, I, We've all been like in that moment where we're, you know, we can eat a cup, you know, like <laughs> we're all so hungry. But like, how, how do you think Jesus felt in that moment? I guess I'm asking. I think, you know, like reading it 40 days, I mean, I could barely, you know, like eight hours, you know, like if you fast, you know, with your church family or oh, someone I feel else. You, girl. Like, yeah. I'm just like, oh. Man, uh -huh. it just everything you're, like your senses are just heightened. Like mm -hmm. everything that people, things that you don't probably like, you know, smells. You, know, you just smell it all of a sudden, mm -hmm. you know, or you just crave like certain things. You know, just like what? I don't even like prunes. You yeah. Know? <laughs> you're like, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and uh, you know, so I can only imagine. You know, maybe maybe Jesus saw like the rocks and then for a second thought like, oh wow, that looks like some good baguette. You know, yeah. <laughs> like, you know, but it's just like, you know, so I'm sure, you know, since he was human as well, that, you know, that did sound appetizing, but, you know, obviously he didn't go through it and I'm thankful he didn't, you know. Mm -hmm. And I think that's something really important for us to remember as an example to us that Jesus was human. Mm -hmm. He did see that stone and probably picture you know, a mm -hmm. Asiago bagel, you know, <laughs> my favorite. Um, <laughs> but like, he, we have to remember that, that he was um, human and he was able at that point in time where something is so tempting to just look away. Mm -hmm. um, Matthew, uh, the book of Matthew lists temptations in a different order than Luke does. Um, does ordering these temptations in a different way uh, make a difference? To me, I don't think so. At the end of the day, temptations are temptations. No matter what way you order them, they still had, uh, there was still a purpose or reason. I don't even know if they know the exact order, you know, between uh, Matthew and Mark and which came first, chicken or the egg. Mm -hmm. At the end of the day, there were still temptations. At the end of the day, one, Christ was tempted, but two, he overcame. And I think it was just there to show that no matter what temptation, no matter what order they come in, that if we go back to the word, um, we can use that as our best defense. You know, he didn't, Christ, to quote an old proverb, he didn't lean on his own understanding, right? And so he kept saying, it is written, mm. it is written, it is written. And he'd use that as his base for his argument <laughs> against the enemy, so. Mm -hmm. Which I feel like that gives us another lesson um, about studying scripture, knowing scripture, mm -hmm. um, being able to pull that out when we most need it, when we are being tempted. Mm -hmm. uh, I don't know that personally, to be honest, I don't know that I 
will be would be able to in any situation you know if i'm tempted with absolutely anything would be able to pull out a verse and say you know maybe the 10 commandments because i know where they are but mm -hmm. like <laughs> do you get what i'm saying yeah no, okay <laughs> um so the lesson goes on to talk a little bit about idolatry and um how idolatry can be more subtle uh, than just bowing down and worshiping something other than God. What what do you think that they mean by that? I would say uh, sometimes we make some of these celebrities an idol. Like, for example, Beyonce. People go crazy over her and they put her above God. Mm. So I would say that's another idol. And I know for me, sometimes I love to work out. So sometimes that can be an idol. So I have to be careful to not put that above God. So, you know, mm -hmm. stuff like that. So. No, that's true. I agree. You know, your hobby could be an idol. Um, not a Beyonce fan, <laughs> but um, yeah, I think the thing that you spend the most time with and uh, the thing that takes most of your interest and the lion's share of your joy, that can become your idol if mm. you're not too careful. And I think that um, when we see the word idolatry, um, we think, oh, I'm not bowing down to a 50-foot golden statue, mm -hmm. you know, but like the question says, you know, there's subtle things, you know, and I think it could even be an um, like being friends with someone, you know, and really loving a person, whether if you, if you love a spouse or a best friend more than God, mm -hmm. you know, that person can be an idol to you mm -hmm. if you're not careful. Mm -hmm. And those, those ways are more subtle than the 50 foot statue or, you know. Yeah. Um, I'm going to share kind of personal story, but my last breakup, uh, when that happened, it was taking up like you said, my joy. Hmm. And it was months of me being sad until one day I heard a song. And some verses in the song said, anything you put before my God is an idol. Hmm. Anything you can't stop thinking of is an idol. Hmm. Um, anything that steals your joy is an idol. Hmm. So that put everything into perspective because I wasn't worshiping anybody else. Hmm. I wasn't you know, uh, particularly having a statue, you know, <laughs> but creepy. yeah, that would be kind of creepy, <laughs> but I, that's all I would think about. And then I realized that's not what I should be thinking about when I wake up in the mornings. And that was kind of a personal story. Wow. But I'm just, you know, just so we can put it in perspective. Mm -hmm. Um, in what practical ways can we learn, uh, not to give into, uh, Satan's attempt uh, to doubt God's promises and to doubt uh, or even like to get away from these um, moments in which, you know, could be idolatrous. Is that a word? Ooh. I don't know. I'll it, give just it, I'll I'll give just it just did. I just made it. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> hey, whatever you say. To us. What practical ways, like what actual ways can we um, I think Make it's it a, re a renewing of your mind, you know, as Romans uh, 12, 2 says, you know, not to be um, conformed to oh. this world. Oh. You know, we have to realize that in a lot of ways we have like a mental uh, expiration date and we have to constantly cleanse our minds, you know, to, um, yeah, to do better and to stay focused and to defend ourselves against the enemy. Thanks, guys, for being on the show. If you would like to contact us, please visit our website at www.sabbathschoolu.org. That's www.sabbathschool.org. Remember, the gold of the Bible study is information and transformation. It's for the head and for the heart. For Sabbath School U, I'm Kathy Burton. Mm -hmm.